friends, that's about as frustrating as they come as we join you tonight here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. DC United recorded 7,000 shots tonight. None of them went into the back of the net against 10 men for over a half and arguably nine and a half men for the last couple minutes of stoppage time. Club de foot Montreal. We got the full gang here tonight. I'm John Lee joined by Michael Black, Joshua Morgan, and Sam Kastner. And guys... I hold up mentally here because that was that was brutal. Oh man, I I've watched a bunch of England games recently, so I was prepared for a very dull match with no scoring, and that was almost along the same lines here tonight. I mean, I wouldn't say it was I, like I a dull match. Yeah, it was frustrating, but in a, a way, I'd rather be frustrated with than in the past. So, <laughs> all in all, like doing I, okay. I had visions of previous DC United seasons, particularly the, there I mentioned it, the, the Cincinnati game from a few years ago. Different stakes, but on the on the back of the net somehow, please. Yeah, um, I think Dave Johnson said it best um, at the end. He said, well, you'd be really worried if, you know, they weren't getting the opportunities, but you, you should be a little concerned that they're not scoring the ones that they get. Yeah, the finishing not there again tonight. But I, I agree with you guys. You know, a lot of watching the game, it was it was a positive frustration because it's like we dominated most of this game. We created a ton of chances. You can learn finishing. I think even these players should be finishing more. And you can also go out and, and you can bring in a finisher. But if you're not creating chances to begin with that's a lot harder and we've seen that in years past so uh but either way yeah it's it feels like three points dropped tonight yeah it does um and i mean I guess two. <laughs> yeah um it was i mean you could tell i think that we were tired at the end and lasada said that again at the presser it felt like a, a loop of back of him saying okay let's check who our the other team played this weekend oh, they didn't play anyone. We're just going to have to play midweek again. Or I think last time it was who did they play midweek and then we had to play them in the weekend. But we keep getting stuck with these games after games after games and our opponents aren't necessarily and you can see that wearing down on us. That will be better this weekend. We'll just go straight into questions. Looks like we're we're starting the press conference now. Steve, go ahead. Renan, wondering if you could assess the match, your level of um, frustration or disappointment, being unable to score uh, the goal with the man advantage? I'm not frustrated and I'm not disappointed. All right, we'll go to Jason Anderson. Jason. Hi, Ernan. Obviously not the, the result you wanted, I think, when you first came aboard, you said this, you had never had a scoreless draw. Um, the way this one played out, I'm sure is not the best feeling. Um, how do you evaluate the performance of the substitutes that came in, especially Yao, uh, Reina, and Assad, who maybe haven't played that much this season? The whole team make a, an excellent game. You can add Montreal to the list of teams that we dominated for 90 minutes. Um, and I don't think that's an easy thing. Even 11 v 11, we were the best team during the first half, creating the best chances. And we keep the zero once again, the third clean sheet in a row. Uh, we took a point and we missed 25 opportunities to score. 
from the 25, I think we only had five on target. And that's again, something that actually I don't think you can train. You can train how to create all those chances, how to put the players on the right position. And the team today did absolutely everything, everything to win the game from minute nine until minutes 96. So that's why I repeat, I'm not disappointed. I'm not frustrated. The whole team play a great game. And the only thing that is missing, and that's nothing new, is uh, the goals. We'll go back to Steve. Fernand, what, um, what do you think you can do to change um, this uh, level of efficiency um, in the final third, in the box, with these opportunities? Nothing, Steve. I can't do nothing. We'll go to Mauricio Gomez. Mauricio, go ahead. Uh, profe, gracias por tu tiempo. Eh, como ya sabemos, 25 llegadas a tus disparos, 5 al arco, y definitivamente falta el gol. ¿Qué es ese ingrediente que hace falta para ganar? Porque todo lo demás está. El gol. Es lo único que falta, el gol. Y va a llegar, el gol va a llegar. Así que tranquilo, mientras generes 25 oportunidades de gol, no solo este partido, porque con Inter Miami fueron 16, con Orlando fueron no sé cuántas, contra Filadelfia fueron no sé cuántas. Así que no, 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 me, no me preocupo en lo más mínimo. El equipo mantiene en cero, el equipo juega bien, el equipo domina el partido. El equipo presiona alto. El equipo está bien físicamente. ¿Falta el gol? Bueno. ¿Falta el gol? En algún momento llegará. ¿Estaría preocupado? ¿Sabés cuándo estaría preocupado? Si nos hacen goles, si nos generan un montón de situaciones de gol, si estamos mal parados defensivamente, si no generamos situaciones de peligro, si mi equipo está mal físicamente, si mi equipo no puede aguantar 90 minutos corriendo y presionando y dominando al rival. Ahí me puedo preocupar. Hoy me voy muy feliz. Lo único que faltó fue el gol, y perdimos dos puntos, jugando de visitante, un partido difícil, contra un equipo que no jugó el fin de semana, nosotros hicimos un esfuerzo grande el sábado para ganar, eh, vinimos acá, dominamos el partido, bueno, merecimos tres puntos, nos llevamos uno. That's it, coach, no more questions. Thank you. Well, Hernán Lozada would like right, us to think that he's not frustrated, but... Go ahead, hands up for Russ, thank you. Certainly all evidence to the contrary there. Um, I think to me, you know, you, you can tell that it's it's still under his skin when we do everything to win a game but finish. And, and you know, he, he it sounds very familiar to a game earlier this season. I can't put my finger on it right now, but uh, probably Orlando at home when you know, it feels like we did everything to win the game except score. Doesn't count for anything, coach. I, I admire the optimism there, and, and he's right. We did, but you, you know, we got to fix this. We got to fix the finishing. What do you guys think? Sorry, we were all yeah, over the place tonight. We're finally... <laughs> Go ahead, Black. No, I was gonna say, I think we're starting to see a a pattern and a style for how Lasada is going to to handle these press conferences afterwards. Uh, you know, we've had years of watching Ben come out and tell us we fought with heart and you know, et cetera, et cetera, but. Uh, it seems pretty clear that Lasada is going to save the uh, chewing anybody out for a time where it's absolutely needed, uh, but otherwise he's going to 
maintain positivity, you know, talk about the good things people did, not try to avoid talking about individual players. Uh, so it's interesting to see that, but you could definitely tell that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, that's some of the great things about the video format is that we get to see the frustration, uh, whereas in print that may not come across. Yeah, I mean, Shoney went out publicly, maybe I'd love to be a fly on that wall in the locker room, right? He's clearly very frustrated. Um, and I think this is the mentality he had coming into the league, right? Is a, a lot of teams are okay with getting that point on the road and saying, okay, you know, we, we dominated, but we didn't get it, but it, it wasn't at home. So we'll just, and we just had another game. So we'll just regroup and we'll come back and hopefully win our next one. Um, but that's not good enough. Losada wants to win every single game. And I think that that type of mentality is what has shown the improvements that we've already seen up until this point. And I think that that mentality is going to take us really far kind of into the next stretch of the season and then, you know, into the next several seasons, hopefully, when he has a little bit more say on the type of players we're bringing in. Um, because someone made the comment that he, he's not really saying it, but you need a striker, right? He essentially said it. He said, there's nothing I can do right now, <laughs> um, which spoke volumes to me. Oh, no, I, I think that line is huge. I think it, it shows – Look, guys, I, he's done everything for it. He's got this team that was awful last year, creating 20-plus shots a game now, like pretty consistently. And, and also pretty consistently, they're not going into the net, and, and that's got to change. Uh, and, man, I... Just a few more minutes, folks. Thanks. I, I'd love to say, like, man, uh, he, he could coach them up, but these are these are... These are players who have scored before and have just stopped. So I, I think it might actually be a quality thing, and... and Apparently, the, the, you know, the bank account's empty and, and we're not going to get too much reinforcements in the summer, but we we really might need it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to talk a little bit. I mean, we've we've put a lot at the feet of Ola Kamara, which is probably fair, but I, I do think, you know, tonight has to. we had both you know, Kevin Paredes and uh, Adrian Perez both had chances that really should have gone into the back of the net tonight. And I don't think that Ola had quite as good of an opportunity tonight. So I, it's important to remember that, you know, goals should not only be coming from the striker and, and really the whole team has got to put in better finishing performances. Of course, the strikers are most responsible for that. That's why they're in that position on the field. But, you know, there, there's 10 other guys that, that could, I guess, probably not Bill. So maybe nine other guys that they could be finishing as well. Yeah, I would I would put Paul in that mix too. I think he had one or two opportunities that probably should have found the back of the net. And we've said it before, that's something that this style lends itself to. I mean, you could see there were a lot of layoffs at the top of the box, right? There was a lot of switching the field and then that player sprinting into the box to get to that back post. So I think that we're, we're seeing that the components are there to not solely rely on the striker. Um, but, I mean, you're right. Everyone just, I guess, has to go through more shooting practice, like keep their heads down, take a deep breath before they take that shot. It just wasn't there. I think they've got to get the confidence somehow. Yeah. You know, that Ola bearing that penalty at the weekend, I think, was huge for him personally. You know, it was a very well-taken penalty. A lot of these other guys, you know, I feel like Julian Gressel is another guy that, like, he's, he's putting in quality crosses. And, like, to get one solid goal under his belt, I think, would be a huge confidence boost you know same thing sam you said you know paul agreed he was a little bit off tonight i thought kevin was timid after he 
knew that he should have had a, made a better chance out of out of the one you know he really had and and I, I think that's a lot of these guys it just seems like they need those confidence building you know a couple even a goalie howler would be huge <laughs> for this team yeah and I said I'd love to be in the locker room but a little bit to see the team mentality too right obviously they're frustrated but I think the body language of some of the players on the field you could see it was pretty negative especially as it got further and further into the second half I'm thinking about Gressel specifically had a couple what that he sent in and it ricocheted out and he immediately put his head down when instead he probably could have gotten to the ball and created a second opportunity from it um, again Paul the same thing kind of right before he came out you could see he was like physically frustrated and especially from your captain tonight you hope that he's a little bit able to pick the team up more um, I don't know if that's asking too much because it was a very frustrating night but yeah, I guess, I mean, you have to turn it around pretty quickly, too, because we have another away game this weekend. Man, I don't I don't know if you can chalk it up to just a, a lack of grit, kind of. And I know that's not what you're doing there, no. but <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I don't think they could just try a little bit harder and, and score. If, if, if you I look agree. at the average positions, it, it's all, man, I don't want to bury the striker, but it's all, uh, the, the wide players play pretty, pretty wide. Paul cut in a little bit tonight from the right flank. But Perez and Paredes were almost basically playing the same position. Uh, like, if you look at where the average spot they were on the field. Uh, and then Gressel is playing pretty high up. But it's it's all wide, and then it all points to that striker. And uh, we'll get into the, the lineups and, and probably the midfield later. But we didn't really create anything in the middle. So it, it has to be... It has to be Ola, or it has to be whoever's starting at striker. They're they're Perez. They're they're huge. Um, uh, like I said, Perez and Paredes were were basically the left wingers together. So I I don't know. I well, then you don't need him out wide, right? Like I'm thinking about the two at the very beginning of the half that were, there was a long ball and Adrian got to the top of it, but he kind of swung his run out too yeah, far. Yeah, that and was frustrating, and goal. and it shows a lack of well, he, he's <laughs> we got him off the waiver wire, right? He's not a He's not a lethal finisher. At least he's playing his position now, so I can actively criticize him, yeah. though, right? <laughs> yeah, but but we, the the wide play is working. We're getting numbers. We're getting overlaps. We're getting crosses into the box. It's just not coming up to anything. And maybe that's because we're over relying on it, and play teams know to play defense against that, or or there's just a lack of quality in the middle. And I I think it could be a combination of both. But I, I'm leaning towards the second now. Well, I think you saw kind of a, a tale of two games. Uh, you know. Obviously, the, the red card had a, a huge impact on the way that we were going to play and the opportunities and spaces that were there. In the first half, it felt like we were playing you know, very well as far as you know being direct, going up the field, uh, trying to play long balls uh, and create opportunities that way. Whereas, you know, second half, Montreal sat back and, and bunkered a bit, and uh, we were able to send balls in and you know certainly had chances to finish. They weren't a absolute brick wall back there. The, the finishing, as we've said, was uh, subpar, be generous. Uh, but there, you saw several different styles and none of them really came off. We also you know, saw you know, team use. Hey, Russell, Zach, can you hear subs. me? Hey, Zach. Right, like we're we're send it to All right, the we'll get started, buddy. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Hey, Russ, thanks for your time. Um, hey, Steve. What, uh, assess the game and, and what it was like um, in the second half with the man advantage trying to uh, trying to break through um, with all those opportunities that, that you did get. Yeah, it's uh, I'll say I'll start off saying we put everything out there. Uh, even when it was 11 against 11, I thought we had a, a decent start to the game. High press, uh, you know, didn't give too much away, you know, had had our chances uh, second half. 
we created a lot. We knew going into the second half, we had to be patient, but still um, attack the game. And I actually thought we did that well. Uh, the one thing we don't, we leave this game with is, uh, is a goal. So it, it's frustrating, but um, you know, it's, it's good that we have all those opportunities. You, you leave an away game with a, with a point against a, a pretty good opponent. Um, so pretty disappointing. We can't, we can't leave here with a win. You know, I think it would have been nice to have three wins in a row and, and uh, take three points from here. We'll go to Jason Anderson, Jason. Hi, Russell. Thanks for speaking with us. Yep. Uh, it seemed like in the second half, it took maybe a little while. You said, you know, you wanted to be patient, but not slow the game down too much. Um, and then those late subs really brought some life. Was there just a, maybe a little bit of um, fatigue trying to break through with this being the second game in three days and playing in Florida, or was it just the game went that way? Uh, I'll say there was definitely some, some fatigue within guys' legs and going into the second half. Um, the subs did a great job coming on and, and changing it. That's what, you know, why we need every single player on this team. You know, the guys that came in did, did a good job. Um, we just, we just couldn't score, but the, the opportunities we created and, you know, the effort put out there was great from everyone. So it's, it's good to see those guys come on and, and show themselves and, and really give a lot to, to this team. You know, obviously we didn't have the outcome we wanted, but you could see the will and, and, um, the persistence from a lot of those players coming in the game. We'll go to Mauricio Gomez. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, just one question. The level of game is being improved in the team, but of course, what is missing is the goal. What do you think that is missing? Because everything is there, but the, the goal is missing, of course, but what is missing exactly to to make it happen? Um, I mean, I, I personally can't answer that. I, I think, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves in, in good, good moments. Um, you saw against the, against Miami, the first game that we do convert those chances and, and our, our guys are completely capable of that. So, um, we just have to continue on this path and it's good knowing in a game where you don't make your chances that we still keep the zero at the back. And we've done that three games in a row. I think we have to stick by that and, and uh, keep giving those guys up top confidence because all of them are good players and all of them can go out and score in every single game. Russ, that's it, man. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. DC United's Russell Knaus joining the post-game press conference tonight and uh, also searching for answers, it sounds like. You know, it, there, there's a lot that this team has, has got to figure out, but you know, keeping it all in perspective, a lot of things are still going right in terms of what we're seeing on the field. Uh, and, and so that to me, the, I think the most important thing the guys got to do is, is keep their focus. They fix the finishing and, and, and they're really in, in a great spot to perform in this league. You got your guys thoughts. Yeah, I agree. It's been a while. I think since we've come away from the tie, a tie and the other team probably is the one that feels lucky. Um, and I mean, we had all the chances. Montreal just had a couple, and honestly, I thought our defense did really well in them. I thought they were very cohesive. They had each other's backs, and, you know, it's easy when you play so high to fall asleep a little bit and to not track your man as close as you should be because you haven't really been tracking him all night. But um, our defense was, was really on top of it, and I, Montreal is probably feeling pretty lucky tonight. 
Um, I want to shout Samuel22 in the YouTube comments, who's a Montreal fan. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Um, you're probably feeling pretty good and kind of giggling at everyone um, super stressed out in the comments. But I, I think there's positivity to go from here, and I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, I kind of always get to this point when I when I watch soccer. Is, would you would you rather your team win or your team play good? And it seems like for so long, DC United did not play well. Guys, we, we, I, I, I'm convinced, and I, I just tweeted this out from the show, guys, I'm convinced we're having to atone for all those wins we shouldn't have gotten during Vinny Ball. Uh, and, and this is payback because we deserved a win. We were the better team. We played better. And it's just not happening right now. Uh, is this payback specifically for the one shot, one kill oh, back at, in Montreal a couple years ago? See, that <laughs> subconscious was pulling that. That's definitely it. Man, yes, absolutely. I mean, that was preposterous. Like, was luckily, preposterous. we got out of this one with a draw. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think there's something said for it. Uh, you know, obviously the schedule congestion is going to be a thing moving forward. Uh, but frankly, the team looked on top of it. You know, by the end of the by the end of the 90 minutes, people were looking tired. But uh, yeah, I think there is something to be said for the uh, emphasis that the coach puts on uh, having high fitness levels, being ready to play, uh, and being willing to use a lot of different pieces. Like I was saying earlier. They tried a bunch of different uh, patterns, particularly uh, late in the game. It just didn't come off with a goal in the back of the net. Uh, but I think it could be sustainable moving forward. Yeah, um, that's great, Black. And I think that's a great first thing to touch on that I'm seeing a lot in the comments. Um, well, someone said, should MLS get rid of the midweek game? And like the soccer fan in me says no, but the DC United fan in me says probably. Um but just generally other questions that I'm seeing in the chat and questions I've seen kind of on, on Twitter the past few weeks is, um, is this sustainable? Is this level of fitness and the style that Lasada is trying to get these players to play sustainable throughout an entire really congested MLS season? And my answer to that is yes, if they are fit enough. And I am a Leeds fan and that's where I get my answer from because they won the championship playing this style and not burning out and they had an excellent run of form at the end of the Premier League season and they did not burn out. They actually did a little bit better at the end of the season. Um, I would argue that DC United's fitness is probably not where Lasado wants it right now. He hasn't mentioned it in a press conference in a while, but I doubt just the two-week break he got, he was able to get all his players up into form. So I think that they're still getting there. And again, they're still learning the system. He cautioned that it could take up to a season for that to happen. And you can see it on the field that some of the passes are just not where they should be. The runs just aren't where they should be. So I think we're still progressively getting there. And once we do, if it's done in the right way, it's absolutely sustainable and it will wreck everybody. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I think Leeds have had a good year. The year before that, they had you know the whole COVID break, as is everyone else. But that was late in the season that gave them the break. And the year before that, they crashed out of place before they crashed out of the playoffs or they missed the playoffs before that so it's look uh, this is cool Leeds definitely pulled it off this year i don't know i don't think it will work in mls it's a different game it's it's further travel it's hotter games it's not it's 78 degrees it's not hot here like that one (laughs) england but the other team is also combating those so if your fitness level is naturally yeah, but higher the, than what the that other team is not is. trying to run around like crazy the whole game and they're gonna sit back like orlando did so if here. they're sitting back our fitness isn't as much right because we just get to attack 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 we're not necessarily yeah but if we're back. tired 
30 games into the season and we've been chasing all, the whole game, it's a lot easier to sit in a low block versus what Lasada's trying to do. And I, I think it will, I don't know. I, I, I don't want injury problems to resurface. I, I, hopefully we're turning the corner on that, but I think it could, especially if you play the same lineup twice in a week on what, three days. Yeah. And, and I, I, I want to talk about a couple things there. You know, I want to get to the lineup in just a second, but uh, you know, Sam back to kind of the, the original question that was asked. I mean, I think, we can't forget that this season was not only impacted a little bit by the COVID schedule, but also primarily by the labor dispute that pushed back the start of the season and kind of further congested the entire season. And so things are a little different once again in 2021 than they would have been in 2019. And hopefully then they will be in 2022. Hopefully we'll see fewer midweek MLS games. We may see more midweek Open Cup games, hopefully, again, as well as other random competitions that either the team or the league invent that we have to play in. We'll talk more about that later as well. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the midweek games are, are definitely going to be more of a challenge or, or the upcoming months here than they have been already this season, just the, you know the nature of the schedule this year. But I did want to ask you guys, you know, with the lineup tonight, I was shocked to see – the same starting 11 tonight um, that, that played on Saturday. I didn't think that was the right move. Um, you know, after flying down, playing in hotter conditions, and the subs came too late. Um, and so that that was surprising to me. What are your thoughts on that? I disagree with the first part. We dominated the first half. We had so many chances. I completely agree with the second part that you know, we started with the same lineup. We needed to make those subs earlier and you could kind of tell those guys were gassed. So I'm not mad about going out and using the momentum that you had from this weekend to try to close it out in the first half. But once that didn't work, you needed to change some personnel and get some new guys in there. Yep. I, I have in my high, in my notes here, high pressing early plus missed chances equals bad stuff because you you can't, <laughs> You can't, unless Lasada's got them trained like super leads here, you're not going to be able to maintain that pressure and that that drive to attack the whole game. And and looking at our bench, I don't know how many career MLS goals are on it, but there's not too many. There's a few guys with like single-digit MLS goals career, and that's not their fault. Uh, a lot of them are young or have just arrived in the league, but that's, that's, that's definitely a factor when you're putting them on the field, right? You can't expect a goal out of a guy who's only scored – uh, one against Red Bull, even though it was a fantastic goal from Yao. Like, you can't expect him to come on and score. Well, I think it depends on what you're asking of them. Are you asking for them to come in and provide physical relief and fitness relief to some of the guys who are tired, or are you asking for them to come in and make a difference and be that goal scorer? Well, up a man, 0-0, zero, zero, you would be hoping for, for some goal scoring off the bench. Yeah, I just think it's two different questions. But Black, go ahead. I think you had something to say. Yeah, no, I you know, I think I don't have a problem with rolling out the same lineup. Uh, I think I agree with you all that the, making the subs earlier was probably necessary. Uh, you know, the guys were definitely to the point of exhaustion by the time I came around. Uh, the way that the system is supposed to work, you know, it, it's going to be a push and pull. Uh, you know, you don't go full press the full ninety. You 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 are able to shift in and out of it as it uh, comes in the. In, throughout the game uh and frankly with the way that that system is supposed to work you're creating chances throughout the game you don't necessarily need to have uh you're not wearing the team down so that you get a late goal you know losada system would be just as satisfactory if you got one of those chances at the first 15 minutes and you're playing 
a goal up for the rest of the game. Uh, so I don't necessarily agree that, that we have a, a stylistic issue there. It's really comes down to finishing. I don't know how you fix that. I'm sure that they've uh, been working on it in practice, but it, it comes back down to you know needing a striker, needing uh, an option there. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's where I'm at now. So do we roll out the same 11 again at the weekend? Well, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's either you're keeping the momentum going from this past weekend, and you know, which was a hard-fought win and you know, successful. But the other option is that Lasada has seen enough to say this is the crew he wants to roll with, uh, you know, game in, game out. Uh, you've got plenty of subs. You have the opportunity to make them. He is willing to make them, again, too late in this instance. Uh, but we weren't really going to get a, a whole lot of feedback on that from Masada with uh, how he was feeling in the press conference tonight. Hard to blame him for that. Reminded me of the good old Ben Olsen. We were still on Sun Country Airlines or whatever we flew in here on. <laughs> Maybe not as many spicy words. But to me, you know, I, I think the 11 that we started in the past two games is probably the best 11. I, I don't. I don't necessarily see anyone that I would very obviously start over that 11. You know, a couple guys that are out injured could potentially make their way in there. Um, but it, it wasn't that for me. I think it was more, you know, freshness at the weekend. Montreal's not a great team. Perhaps you score early and equal one out, which I'm sure Lasada looked at that and thought we would score early with, with the pressing style. The one thing that definitely stuck out to me in the second half, though, is guys who haven't gotten as long looks this season or in the case of Emil Assad had long looks and haven't seen the field recently I thought both Yao and Assad came into the game and definitely added a spark um, I, I, I don't know that that's because they their, their talent level is, is far above anyone else on the team it's probably just because they were fresh and I think a lot of those guys were dead you know by the time they came on but you know the first touch Griffin Yao had was a great ball into the box um, and I thought Yamil Assad brought a, a good spark tonight as well. So I, I think if if you started either of those guys at the weekend with kind of the opposite approach of, you know, they're going to go 60-70 and then you're going to bring in some of the guys who are probably in your best 11, you know, that, that could be a sustainable approach as well. And that to me, that's the kind of mentality this team's going to have to get in as we see more and more of these midweek games. It's tough for me. Uh, if I can comment real quick on on the lineup thing, I, I would like to see a tweak in the midfield. I don't know if Felipe and Canals is the solution. Again, I, I'm, I'm worried about us driving the ball through the middle of the field. I really don't. Uh, it's zone 14, the area right outside the box. I, I don't see us having the ball there until after the defense is set up because we work it down the sides, through the channels, and then we always cut it back. And that's the only time we ever have the ball like at the top of the box. There's no one there. So I would like to see Nyman come in. Maybe he can do a little bit there. As far as, as the guys off the bench and, and maybe Bert carrying the load, I, I I agree with you, John, that this is probably our best starting 11, like talent-wise. And, and that kind of worries me. I, I, I'm not a big believer in Assad. I saw a couple people clamoring for him to start over Perez, which I have a problem with. But uh, I, I don't know if Assad was the same player he was in 2018 when DC United first picked him up. He scored, what, three goals since? And I know he's taken penalties for a while, I'm I, I'm starting to get really worried about the quality that is on this team. I, I think it's starting to show here. So we had another question in the comments um, asking about Roberta. Um, f first, I made the comment about Lasada 
having his time with subs. I, I know that he was here when Roberto was signed. I don't think that that was yeah. necessarily like his scouting network and decision to like really bring him on. Like there's, it was a few weeks, maybe a couple months in, um, give him a lot more time and he'll have a lot more say in things like that. Um, and I, I saw a lot of head nods, so I feel like everyone agrees, but do, do you think he's possibly an answer? Guys, I'm, I'm going to cut it straight to you. I, I checked his transfer market, hoping that he was on a loan to buy instead of just bought outright. But uh, he cost us one million dollars. That's that's a that was a hit on our, our financial budget. And uh, I think, like you said, I would like to see what uh, Lasada will do on the one million. I know I'm not writing him off, and I'm sure you guys can. I don't know. Can you hype him up a little bit? I I don't know if he's shown anything yet. Just think, Joshua, that one million would have been money still in our pocket had we signed, had we drafted Generation Adidas players. But, um, you know. <laughs> Stieber was also a million. Hey, never mind. I'm not going to be mean to Poilier. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for me, Roberta, he, he needs a little more time. You know, he's, he's going to have to grow into this league. Um, I, I think you guys are going to come at me for this, but. I think he can learn from a guy like Kamara as well. Uh, you know, Kamara's been successful in this league. Um, I, I still think Kamara's going to be more successful this season. Um, I, I think the finishing is going to come for him. But Roberta pushing him might be exactly what he needs. I mean, last season, who was pushing Kamara? Sorga? I mean, I like Eric Sorga, but he's he's probably not an out-and-out, out, you know, every-week starter in this league. Roberta could be. Kamara has been. So if we can get some healthy competition in that in that striker position, especially if it's faltering, I think that can only be a good thing. And of course, I'd love for us to try to bring in someone else. You know, this summer, I think we'd all love that. I don't know if it'll happen, um, but yeah, I, I think Roberta still has plenty of time before I before I'm concerned. Yeah, we've only got so many minutes to go around in the attacking positions, particularly when you're playing with that five at the back. Um, I'd, I'd like to see more of Roberto. I'd like to see what he's got. You know, that's part of the reason that we're a little bit concerned about seeing uh, two back-to-back lineups the same if Lasada's uh, established that these are the guys to go with. Maybe he hasn't been seeing the, the necessary uh, quality during practice or there's other factors going in there. But at some point, you're going to have to, to see what you have there uh, and if you don't have the quality you need, you're going to have to make a move to, to bring it in. Uh, again, Kamara did not have a great game tonight, but in the last three games, he's got three goals. You, you, you take a goal game for the season, but uh, certainly the trend line and the uh, the frustrating chances, the ones that you think should be in the back of the net, uh, kind of a lot of numbers there, but... It's tough because we're creating so many chances, so many chances, and they just they need to go in. We we on a winning we were on a winning streak, but we uh, we've scored one goal off of PK against the past two teams, and they've had three sendings off, <laughs> like not even late ones. One of them was late. One of them was late tonight, right? Or no, that it was a half injury. Sorry, two sendings off, but they were like early in the game like we should have buried both of these guys wasn't there a late one last game oh you were right there was three I, yeah I there mis- was two mis- last game I got them one was super late. uh but but we should have buried both of these teams they're playing down a man and i know that's like we have a, a whole history with that of not putting teams away when they go down but well if you, objectively we should be putting goals on these teams and it's just not happening i'm super right. frustrated a lot of people are asking about reyna too oh yeah i'm excited to see more minutes for yordi um i, I think 
I, I think he brings a different kind of spark, and I think he he to me he brings a, a little bit of an attitude out there and a little bit of a, a chip on your shoulder confidence that that would do wonders for our attack if he could get some more minutes. So would you start him in next game? I don't know that Ola's done enough to be dropped in my mind. I think it, I'd look at the data. I'd see how, how gassed were these guys really, you know, at Ola in particular, you know, strikers can generally play more than perhaps the midfielders or the, you know, the wing backs in terms of how much energy they're exerting. So I don't know that I would drop Ola just yet, but I may drop Perez. I may, you know, I, I, I saw, um, well, I think it was, was it Ben Bromley from filibuster tweeted about potentially dropping Perez for, uh, for Assad. Assad. I don't know if Assad would be the move I would make just yet. Um, that could be an option for, for Reyna or, I mean, even Griffin Yao, I thought brought a lot tonight, but again, I'm trying to, trying to dissect in my mind, the, the quality that they brought versus the energy that they brought because they weren't dead from playing, you know, 150 minutes over yeah. four days. I, I don't know if, I don't even know if, because uh, we haven't seen a bunch of Reyna, but I, I don't think he's the type of player that can fill the nine role in Lasada's system. He's not a, a target forward by any means. He, he's not a big guy um, comparatively. Um, I think it's nice to have him in the box on crosses and corners, though. That, that's the only thing I'm, I'm thinking. Sometimes those balls come in and there's there's no heads near it. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting. I, I could see maybe, gosh, just everyone's clamoring for Perez to get pulled. And he could use some rotation. And he hasn't been burying them. But I think I, I love the work that he's been doing. Um, but if we had to make a change, and, yeah, I'd love to see Reina get some minutes because we did he, – he's got a hefty salary. Um, I know – Vancouver were paying some of it, but he, he's got to be bringing more than nothing. And uh, so maybe we get a look at him instead of per, uh, Perez. Yeah. The other thing I, I pulled up here on the side is just the schedule coming up. You know, we talked a little bit about Joshua. You said we should have buried these teams. You know, we, we did two, two games ago. We kind of did bury Miami, but then, yeah, we kind of squeaked one out at the weekend and tonight, outshot them but it was a it was a nail biter to the end upcoming schedule includes nycfc at the weekend toronto philly chicago then the red bulls so the schedule gets a lot more difficult here over the next few weeks and months nashville new england uh philly again chicago again too a couple games with cincy but um yeah i mean the schedule is not Miami back to back, and then Montreal, and so they've got <laughs> they've got to finish these chances. That's that's to me the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, we kind of showed that we could hang with Philly in New York City, but we also showed we couldn't necessarily score against them. So I, I think it'll be a good marker in this Lasada era to kind of compare and contrast what those games look like and what these games looked like, and if we're able to grow and improve and really learn from those mistakes. And I think we've seen that Lasada is going to approach each of the games very similarly. He's, he's going to play the style that uh, he wants the team to play. They're going to go out there. They're going to attempt to score goals. Uh, you're not going to have the advantage of being a man or two up. You're not going to necessarily having the other keeper uh, with his 
hamstring fully taped for uh, the last five minutes or straight taped together. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was he was doing there. Uh, you know, each game is going to be different, but I expect he's going to roll out the same style and, you know, we're going to, to see how it works over time. You know, like we said, the last three games, uh, Montreal, I think, was in eighth going into the, the night. It's probably still right around there. Miami is not a great team. Uh, you've got to look at uh, a longer sample size of what we've been able to see, and we'll, we'll get that coming up. I want to shift real quick to a more positive discussion, though, and that's that's the the clean sheets we've kept now in in several games in a row. You know, Bill Hamid hasn't allowed a goal since he's been back, and one of the questions we got uh, from YouTube, thanks Noah, was um, when when Steve Birnbaum comes back, which he should be really really close. Does Andy Nahar potentially move up to Julian Gressel's spot? Uh, or is Nahar moved to the bench? Or is Donald Pines moved to the bench? Is Brandon Heinbeck moved to the bench? What does that look like to try to accommodate Steve Birnbaum? Because for all the challenges we've had in the attacking end, the defense has been pretty strong. Right. Does Steven Birnbaum move to the bench? Is I think. I don't know if that's the default right now, but... It probably is in my mind. I agree. He hasn't been starting, but but Andy Nahar has been fantastic, uh, and he's undersized for a center back in this league. But if you're playing three, you can get away with that. And 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 Pines has been doing well. Uh, he's been trying to dribble up at least once every game. I don't I know it. if it's it's a very specific instruction for Lasada, but he pulls it off. But he's been good in the back too. Heinzike too has been really and Heinzike. I mean. Brian is is he injured right now? Um, no, I don't think he was yeah. on the injury list. Yeah. Oh, is he? But but I, I, we're talking about we we have more options just than just Burnbaum, and I I really don't know. Look, I I, I love Burnbaum. I he's he's one of the players that's carried us all the way from RFK, and I think he is quality, but I don't know if you would mess with this system right now. And I think that's the key is it's not necessarily an insert to, excuse me, an insult to Steven. It's more that defense when it's driving and working is one of those positions that you don't mess with, right? It's kind of like a goalie. And we've seen that in recent history when a goalie is really hitting their stride and doing really well, you don't pull him just because he's not your traditional starter. And I think the same with the defense, If, if they've figured it out and figured out how to work together as a cohesive team, you kind of let that ride for a little bit until things start getting rocky or until maybe you need something specific like Steven to maybe end at see the end of a game with his experience. Um, so I agree with you all, and that's not necessarily a knock to him. It's just like if it ain't broke, don't fix it in the defense. But also to the point that yeah. that uh, John was just making, we haven't been playing the, the highest scoring teams in the league, Miami and, and, and Montreal Black. Yeah, I, I, that's a, I was just about to say you took more than that enough. Uh, you haven't been playing uh, elite teams that are putting in lots of goals. I think we heard from uh, the team last week during the press conference talking about um, Burbaum's close. He's starting to work back into the team. He might start seeing some time after that initial goal cut break in the middle of July there. I think for me, you've got a lot of games coming up. There's lots of pressure congestion. Uh, I don't necessarily ascribe to keeping that back line locked in week in, week out. I think you can, if you've got quality there, you, you can, should certainly get them all out there, particularly if you're showing in practice that he's uh, picked up the system and is able to do what we need to, to see. Uh, he's got he's got the quality. He's got who's been a captain on this team. Uh, I think 
it would be a disservice not to at least get him some game minutes and, and see what what can play out there. Uh, you know, it's a long season and you got a chance to to see a lot of different looks uh, and hopefully get where you need to be uh, come playoff time. Which right now DC United's in a playoff position, so. You bring up the Gold Cup. Hopefully, Pines is uh, with the USMNT frame that, and then we just have an D spot anyway. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's a it's a fair point though. You know, like the fixture the fatigue from Fisher's congestion absolutely impacts the the back line as well. And and in a high pressing style, they're arguably working harder than they ever have before. Um, one quick editorial note: Frederick Briant was in the squad tonight, so he is not injured. He was available. Um, Speaking of players, we've talked about an awful lot of them. Now's the time where we get to name a man of the match. And I won't call on Sam first this week because I did it at the weekend. We'll let Sam go last today. Thank you. Uh, but Joshua, your screen lit up first, so you're lucky. Oh, my screen lit up because Sam's mic is hooked up through mine. So, oh. I mean, I saw John's <laughs> screen lit up the whole time. <laughs> so it feels like John probably needs to go first. No, no, no. I can go first. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because I'm going to take a page from Sam's book and give my man a match to Kevin Paredes. Uh, not a lot of bright spots on the night when we should have scored more goals and, and we kept a clean sheet and for it is while very high up the pitch is also part of the defense and, and has been doing, been doing a good job. Um, I like what I've seen from him. I think he's already an MLS level left back. I think he's effectively benched Mora um, just maybe a little bit better fit in the system, but I think he's, he's also just on talent point already there. And he's still, you can still see that like how raw he is. Um, so on a night with not a lot of excitement, I'm excited for where it is and the shift that he put in. Again, he's my man of the match. I'm sure you're excited about this. I mean, this show, everyone lost praise on it, but his finishing today was was poor. Um, How many chances I did he have? I still love him to play. I wish him all the success. Uh, but on a night where you needed one moment, uh, he didn't come up with it, and end up getting subbed off uh, I've had a hard time saying that he was the man of the match I uh, gotta look up has but, Joseph Moore ever scored a goal for DC United I, I'm talking that he's what a teenager he's replaced so hold on I'll jump in on that Joseph Moore is not a great fit in the three-man backline system <laughs> but Joseph Moore was outstanding in the four-man backline system and I don't guys think I thought we didn't play a three-man I thought we played a five-man no you line. said five <laughs> we played three. <laughs> oh man I'm trying to get it in there. Yeah. So for me, my uh, man of the match, uh, I can't give it to an attacker because nobody created on nobody uh, created a goal on those 27 shots. Uh, I think who scored had Diamond Pines rated the highest. I have no problem uh, giving my man of the match to Diamond Pines. Another clean sheet. He feels like he's coming into his own. We just had a conversation about whether he's you know pushing guys uh, who are veterans above him. Uh, for the minutes, so for me, it's Donovan Pines. Did it actually end up being twenty-seven shots? Yeah, it was. It was up there. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was over twenty, but I thought your face was at Black's decision. <laughs> no, no, I think it was a good decision. I was more just it's jarring to hear that. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Black. It's tough for me to give it to an attacker as well, and I, I think all match kind of one of the quietly. Uh, one of the players that quietly performed very well was Russell Canals. I thought he had he had a number of good balls in the in the position. I thought he played very well, and and I agree with what you guys talked about earlier. I think bringing in Nyman for Felipe potentially makes a good amount of sense, you know, moving forward. But I I don't think Russell Canals gets dropped from this team, and it's nice to see him in his 
his actual position these days. So, yes, uh, Russell Canals for me. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about fitness and, and like what guys are going to be able to do that all all season. If it's anyone on DC United roster right now, it, it's Russell Canals. He's literally everywhere all the time in the middle of the field. He, he's got to be in the best shape out of the whole team. Yep. I know. No, I know. I'm stalling. I, I like going last because I, I try to pick different players, um, but John took my other one. Um so I mean I I guess I'll haha give it to Kevin too. Um I I think it's really harsh to say he doesn't deserve it because of his finishing. He had really one opportunity that stuck out in my mind and while that he ab- he absolutely should have put it away. We just kind of had a whole conversation about how it's it's really on like the forwards and kind of the midfielders who are in the center of the box. Um so I think it's a little bit harsh to to blame all our offensive woes on him. Um but they were saying it during the um the broadcast that he he just has this way where he takes this like little extra touch that sends him around a player and then causes the player to foul him and we saw that a lot today um, and just the creativity he has and I think the rawness kind of lends itself to that creativity um, and what he's able to create for this team I think he showed really well tonight Yeah, and as we look around uh, around the club, DC United, I referenced it earlier, uh, announced the Capital Cup, which is exactly what we don't need, but it's more games uh, for the black and red against, uh, I'm going to butcher these guys, Puebla and Alianza, I think. Uh, that'll be played mid-July this year. kind of takes the, the spot from 2019, which was the League One tournament. Um, and it sounds like the club are hoping to get a fourth team involved in this, maybe make it an actual tournament. There will be three dates. So hopefully that's an opportunity to play a championship game instead of just kind of a round robin. We'll see what that format looks like. And they did also kind of tuck in there that while they expect this to be an annual event, they do uh, anticipate the teams rotating uh, year over year. So your thoughts on the Capital Cup? I think they could have done a little bit better of a logo. That's my only thoughts. <laughs> but besides, no, actually, besides that, uh, cool. Um, it'll be great. When we went to the League One Cup, it was Loudoun United uh, cosplaying as DC United. Um, I don't know if there was a player on the field that had a name on their back. Um, but that's good minutes for those guys. If you want to go see these teams for the first time and probably only time in DC, go for it. Yeah, I think it depends yeah. on what we do with it. Go ahead, Black. Well, I think I applaud the team for, you know, going out and finding additional ways to utilize Audi Field. Uh, we'll be interested to see what kind of crowd we get out there for uh, Pueblo and Alianza. Uh, I expect that they probably have more fans uh, in the D.C. area than some of those league other teams we had. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, Real Betis brought a, a fairly strong contingent of fans out. So uh, we'll be excited to see that. Uh, I hope we don't burn any uh amount of energy for starters in those games i hope lasada plays that would be fun <laughs> <laughs> can we get is he eligible for this he i'm sold at a, that point he posted a picture the other day of him jumping in practice so um yeah i mean that's that's all great points if this is kind of a business decision and a marketing decision you're right to to utilize the stadium to get more people in the stadium and hopefully enjoying it um to just tap into the soccer market in dc I'm not mad at it. Um, I mean, I also wouldn't be mad at maybe seeing that last game that we play incorporate some of the starters um, to kind of get back and um, just see what we can do against 
a real opponent before jumping back into the season as opposed to just relying on our scrimmages and um, kind of playing against the younger kids. Um, obviously, all three games is probably a lot, but if you want to kind of utilize it a little bit, try out a, a couple different things, um, I wouldn't be mad at that either. It'd be a great time to start practicing a switch to the four four two low block style that we're going to play the second half yeah, of the okay. season. Okay. You mean we burn out? No, I'm joking completely. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Again, I enjoyed watching the team be the better team on the field today, even though they did not win. Yeah, the other, the other big news uh, on, on the men's side of things is five DC United players, as we talked a little bit about earlier, had been named to the uh, United States preliminary roster for the Gold Cup. Lots of things are going to change between now and when the final roster is actually named, but that's Paul Ariola, Phil Hamid, Moses Nyman, Kevin Paredes, and Donovan Pines. Um, and, and I think it's tremendous and, and uh, also kind of confirms some of the things we've talked about on the show and a lot of folks in, in the black and red you know, media scene with young guys like Nyman and Paredes even being you know fringe national team mentions right now is, is huge you know, because they've got – you know, plenty of opportunities to continue to play uh, for the Stars and Stripes. And hopefully that's in Olympics down the road, not this year. Um, and then also, you know, World Cups in 26, 2030. And, you know, if, if, even if they could get a shot to go into camp at the Gold Cup at, at this stage in their career, it would be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, also notable is Bill Hamid, right? Who a lot of not just DC United fans, but MLS fans in general. And, you know, MLS commentators have noted that he is probably should have received a lot more call-ups than he has um, throughout his career. So it's super exciting to see his name there on the roster. Um, we didn't talk about him a lot today because obviously there weren't a whole lot of shots on goal against DC United. Um, but I thought that his distribution out of the back was actually pretty good today. Um, I'm usually pretty critical of that, but I think he was able to, to move the ball. It was a lot of shorter passes, and I think that really suited him well today. All right. It looks like people are going to jump in with other thoughts there, but uh, we'll talk a little bit on the women's side of the ball. The women's national team announced their Olympic roster. Was that yesterday morning or this morning? I think it was um, this morning. Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet from the Spirit uh, made the cut, so that's exciting news for them. Yeah, love to see it. Um, disappointing that, I mean, Andy Sullivan's kind of been on the fringe. I think there were some people who were kind of reaching, saying that maybe she'll be one of the alternates. Um, but frankly because she is so on the fringe i'd rather see her playing with the spirit right now but it is exciting that our our two big name national team players did in fact make it onto the national team roster and that's exciting that starts in exactly a month i think well the olympics start in exactly a month i don't know when our first game is or if that's even been announced yet i have no idea but it, it'll be a good send-off and probably another trophy for this class of players do the double um, Yep, uh, never never been done before. Yep. So uh, exciting times. Let's see if they can win the World Cup and then back it up with Olympic gold. Yeah, I'm also interested to see if the rules that the Japanese government have put in place about fans being allowed but not allowed to cheer are <laughs> adhered to in any sense of the of the law. But anyways. That's the craziness we're living in. Um, upcoming games are around our clubs. We talked this weekend. Uh, DC United play away in New Jersey against New York City FC. Insert jokes here. Um, Loudon, who continue to struggle despite putting on good performances, 
uh, our way to Charleston uh, at the weekend. That's on Saturday. The DC United game, of course, is on Sunday. And also on Saturday, the Spirit are at Kansas City at 8.30. And that is, as I tried to say last week, the first trip to the new Kansas City team since they moved uh, from Salt Lake City. So busy soccer weekend. And, of course, the Euros uh, moving into the knockout rounds because nearly everybody qualified from the group stage. Um, but that's, boy, that's going to be kind of crazy to, to see break down. You look, I looked at the bracket. There was one picture. The left side is like all of the good teams, and the right side is, is pretty wide open. So it, it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. You guys have any, uh, any picks for, for the Euros? That sounds just like the MLS Cup playoffs. Like all the bad teams are on the Eastern Conference side and like all of them made it through the group stage. The, you know, the oh regular. No. Anyways, uh, I have been enjoying Italy and, and France a lot. It'll be interesting to see if they meet each other and, and who wins out of that one. Um, I jokingly said Denmark is it's coming home. <laughs> that was amazing that they were able to make it through. John, you said that everyone, almost everyone made it through like it was so boring, but that Denmark, I mean, you couldn't have written a script. And then the other game, the timelines, they were crazy. I mean, Hungary almost made it through today. Like, you know, it's it's been a pretty exciting tournament overall so far. Um, so other than Denmark, it's coming home now. I don't know. Um, honestly, I'm just enjoying watching. John, I'll let you talk about England, but uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful that Belgium uh, comes through and uh, really finds a way to take advantage of what has really been a golden generation for them. I think this could be their opportunity. Uh, they weren't really pushed a whole lot in the group stage, and now it's going to really come down to it. Uh, here as we played two weeks to knock out eight teams of the 24. Yeah, that's the part that I think I got a little bit hung up on, but I I'm certainly rooting for Belgium. I, you guys know why. Um, but, I, oh, man, you, you have to laugh at England. I, I kind of think they they won their tournament when Scotland got knocked out. <laughs> and at this point, it's kind of just gravy. Um, the other piece, though, is it, it almost feels after the game today, is Germany going to go on a run and we're going to have to deal with that? Because <laughs> that would be infuriating uh, in a year when they – just not as good as, as traditionally. I don't know. I could see um, I could see Germany getting a win over England and, and then and then crashing out from there. But yeah, I, it's gonna get it's gonna get really exciting here into the knockout rounds. Fun soccer, really. Team chaos. We love it. What do we miss tonight, guys? I don't think a whole lot. It's a trick question. We missed the back of the net. 27 <laughs> times. <laughs> All right. How do I mute John without <laughs> muting Black? I don't think I can in this format. Well, listen, we had outstanding participation tonight uh, on all of the socials. We appreciate everyone staying up with us tonight and, and, and talking through as a group therapy session. A lot of things going right for this team, scoring not one of them just yet, but I think we all believe they'll get there and uh, they'll have another shot at it this weekend uh, against New York City FC in their home away from home in the swamps of Jersey. And we'll talk to you after that game right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.